Good day, good afternoon, good whatever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Big Slash streaming service and chill. And today I am joined by best friend Scotty. And we are discussing the 1988 sci-fi masterpiece best known as They Live. Starring Rowdy Roddy Piper, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Keith David, and it was directed by the one and only John Carpenter. We talk about how this film brings us up to speed on what's happening now. We talk about interdimensional lizard people. I explain it to Scotty. I give some book recommendations and a whole ton of other stuff. We really go down a bunch of rabbit holes in a very short amount of time. So I would like to thank my guest, Mr. Scotty, best friend Scotty, Scotty so-and-so, for stopping through, for watching the movie, discussing the movie, and going down the rabbit hole with me. The movie itself is available on the Peacock Network right now. That is uh, NBC streaming service. You can check it out. It's free. So do that. I would highly recommend watching it now. There's all kinds of things in the film worth talking about. And so I, I hope that you enjoy it. I hope you like the movie. Yeah, there you go. All right, I'm not going to take up too much time with this introduction. I'm going to get straight into the review, and I'm just going to give a solid, a solid, a solid shout-out to my supporters, Iron Asylum and Red Run Cannabis Company. I'm also going to tell you that if you'd like to get your hands on some sweet-ass jiu-jitsu, the way to do that is Monday through Thursday evening at 7 p.m. I'm going to tell you to stop by some All-American Training Center. All right, without any further ado, it is myself, it is best friend Scotty, and it is my semi-annual review of They Live. With the way the world is nowadays, you can be just as judgmental as you want about anything you want. Yeah, man, but, I mean, not to say that you should be, um, but I think that, I, mean, I, I, I think that you lose the, the privilege that comes with being, you know, like, having gone places and seen things uh, if you've never left. I mean, I've never been to Asia or Australia, but I judge the hell out of them all the time. Well, I think that part of that is because um, one one culture gave us samurais, and the other gave us crocodile Dundee. Like they're they're not the they're not the exactly. Same. And I've never and I have yet to bet a samurai or crocodile Dundee. I want to have sex with a woman from Australia, and she's like. That's not a cork. This is a cork. <laughs> Just, I'm like, ah, oh god, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, it is, miss. Yes, it is. I would not even be upset. I wouldn't even be upset at that point. I'd be like, well, when in Rome. Although in this case, I guess it's when in Sydney, <laughs> or or Melbourne, or or any other uh, Queensland. Maybe I don't know. I don't know enough about Australia. Yeah, you got Sydney and then the rest of Australia. Yes. 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 Um, so you and I are here to get today because you watched one of the greatest movies of all time. Now, do you mind if I do a quick Wikipedia breakdown of the film that we're discussing today? Go ahead, Siri. Do what you want. I'm... By the way, if I keep looking this way, it's because I'm really distracted because the local stray dog is currently chasing two geese across the pond, and if the dog starts to drown, I have to run off and save it. 
So my dog, when we moved up here, uh, my dog Jeff yeah. Wart, um, we had we had like well, I don't know if they were swans. They were some sort of like lakey bird, and um, Wart would Wart loves the water, so he would go out into the water and he would chase after these ducks or whatever the fuck they were. And every time yeah. we get close, the the birds would just kind of you know pop up and move ten or fifteen feet away in an effort to tire my dog out to the point of death. Yeah, and I think that's what these two geese are doing to this poor dog right now. She is, she's been in this pond for about 15 minutes, and I have never, I could never be as determined as this dog is to try to catch a goose. Maybe raw goose meat's delicious. Or this dog's just fucking retarded. I mean, let's think about it. Even the velociraptors in Jurassic Park gave up after this much effort. This dog is still going. But I mean, like, dogs, how do dogs set goals? Like, it's not like he has shit else to do today. He's a dog. He's going, yeah. oh, I got shit to do. <laughs> what is dog shit to do? I chase ducks. Okay, fucking go do dog shit. All right, good for you. So you're saying if this dog chasing these geese leads to its demise of drowning, I should just let it be? Or should I intervene? It's a tough one. I mean, there, oh, there, there are wa- there are water moccasins in plethora in this pond. I I love you, and you know what? I, I hope <laughs> that dog. I hope that dog doesn't uh, doesn't drown via duck escape. But if it's not the ducks, the, it's water moccasins. It's yeah. other shit to do, right? Like right. <laughs> if I lived in Florida and a gator grabbed my dog, right? Hi, dog. Well, that's a gator. That's... I mean, a water moccasin's a water moccasin. I don't know a whole lot about those either, but I don't want to fight one. I can swim with a 12-gauge. It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, if you have more than one uh, water moccasin, like, you got to hope, like, the, what are they, standing in a line? Like, all wait, the wait, moccasins wait. are like, yo... It's got to go through me and all these other water moccasins that just happen to be lined up perfectly for you to shoot. If there's if there's more than one, is it water moccasi? I mean, what yes. is the plural here? Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, I think I could take a water moccasin, but water moccasi, that sounds like you're getting a little outside my realm. Yeah, what, what am I? The noted Australian whatever his name is? Guy Wheatley. James Vanderbeek? Yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I can only assume James, Vander- James Vanderbeek is from Australia. I mean, have you, have you seen the guy? Majestic. <laughs> I, I, I loved him in Dawson's Creek, and I love the way he covered up his Australian accent. I, right? You got to love the beak, baby. Got to love the beak. You know, it was weird seeing him in Varsity Blues because I know rugby is a tougher sport. Right, and it's like, do you feel like you're kind of like pussing down to get yourself into like a football movie? You're like, oh, I, I, I was gonna do a rugby movie, but now I'm going to be in a movie about American football in high school in Texas. Ha ha ha! <laughs> By the way, that's how that that's uh, how Russell Crowe. That's actually my Russell Crowe impression. Oh, I thought you were doing Billy Ray Cyrus. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, it happens. I do love tomatoes. Oh my gosh! Can I can I give a shout out to a local restaurant? 
I mean, is it the Schnitzel Bomber? It it is not the Schnitzel Bomber, but the Schnitzel Bomber Ooh. came up in conversation while I was there, based on their playing of uh, good music from Sturgill Simpson. Now, uh, if you're not familiar with Sturgill Simpson, I, I don't know, I call him alternative or progressive country. Um, yeah. Really, really good music. Uh, but I walked in, they were playing Sturgill Simpson. I was with my boy and I knew I was in the right place. Now, um, the restaurant is, it's actually, it was a bakery called the Moose's Loose, right? And the Moose's Loose was kind of a fixture in the Soldatna, Kenai Peninsula tourist industry for many, many years. They sold, um, they sold sugary treats, the uh, baked goods, uh, donuts, maple bar, shit like that. So a couple of years ago, they went out of business. Uh, they were bought out by a guy that owns a place called the Alpine Bakery in a town called Girdwood. Girdwood is a kind of resort town outside of uh, Anchorage. And anyway, anyway, I see you're yawning. They make damn good pizza. The well, best thing that I've, I've, been, I've been drinking since 9 o'clock in the morning my time, so. Well, that's because <laughs> you're an American. Um, you're not wrong. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the Moose's, the pizza at the Moose's Loose is uh, probably the best pizza that I've had on the Kenai Peninsula in a very long time. Uh, they had, Their oven was imported from Naples, Italy. Um, ah, they good. import uh, buffalo mozzarella from Italy. Um, oh, yeah, wow. they, they make it. Some, it's, not, it's not cheap, but it's very, very good. I mean, if you got mozzarella flying all the way in from Italy, it can't be that fresh. But... Apparently it's very good. I don't know. I can't. I mean, you know, like how quickly can a plane get from plane get from Italy to the Tea Time Peninsula, Alaska? Well, I guess the question is, how often is it coming in uh, to restaurant other well. restaurants and other restaurants and consumers in the Anchorage area, and then get it delivered here? Now, and how long does uh, does cheese keep? Uh, ooh. I mean, mozzarella cheese? I don't know, but, I mean, blue cheese is like spoiled cheese, right? We still eat the oh, hell out of that shit. Yeah, and why can't we yeah. cheer it up? Yeah. I mean, if you're saying it's good pizza, I trust you and your taste, because I've known you, and you were, if nothing, a tasteful human being. Aww. Aww. All right, so back to this. Back right. to what got us here. Um they Live, titled on screen as John Carpenter's They Live as a 1988 American science fiction thriller film written and directed by John Carpenter, based on the 1963 short story Eight O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson, starring Roddy Piper, Keith David, and Meg Foster. The film follows an unnamed drifter who discovers through special sunglasses that the ruling class are aliens concealing their appearance and manipulating people to consume, breed, and conform to the status quo via subliminal messages in mass media. The film was a minor success at the time of its release, debuting at number one at the North American box office, which seems like that's more than a minor success. It initially received negative reviews from critics who lambasted it at social commentary, writing, and acting. However, like Carpenter's other films, it later gained a cult following and experienced a significantly more favorable critical reception. 
It is now regarded by many as a largely underrated work. The film has also entered popular culture and notably had a lasting impression on street art, particularly that of Shepard uh, Shepherd Ferry, known from the brand Obey. While its nearly six-minute alley brawl between the protagonists makes appearances mm. on all-time lists for best fights, yes, including, I agree. including South Park. Really? Yeah, so Cripple Fight. Cripple Fight is uh, based yeah. on the They Live Fight. Okay. So are we done with the synopsis of the movie? Can we talk about the movie now? Yeah, now we can talk about the movie. All right. Let's start with the name John Carpenter. I know I know the name, and I know the dude's directed tons of shit, and it always starts with John Carpenter's, but I could not tell you off the top of my head a single John Carpenter film. Well, okay, so while you might not know it as John Carpenter films, uh, some of the things that he's done that, that have, like, stuck out to me uh, is Escape mm-hmm. from New York. Okay. All right. Um, Snake Plissken, yeah. Yeah, he gave us yeah. Snake Plissken. He okay. gave us The fo- uh, the uh, the Fog, um, Starman, um, Big Trouble in Little China, uh, okay. Prince Big of Darkness. Um so all of those fantastically horrible, great, amazing '80s movies. Yeah, yeah, basically. I don't know. In the '80s, it was kind of culty. Yeah, that would probably be it, man. Um, so, so he peaked in the '80s along with cocaine. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say he peaked in in the '80s. He had stuff um, going into the '90s, uh, going into the uh, uh, going into the 2000s. Um, some of it. Now, some of it is better than, than others. Like, I haven't seen Ghosts of Mars. Um, but I, oh, I've seen that one. Um, now, and Val Kilmer, right? Val Kilmer was in Ghosts of Mars. I believe he was in, in Ghosts of Mars. I think Ice Cube was as well. That I don't remember, but I mean, I'm going to remember if Iceman is in something. So Yeah, as you should. Um, yeah. No, it's, um, he's a guy that's, uh, that's been around for a while. Uh, he's a guy that's done a lot of films that I enjoy. He's also inspired a lot through his work. But this film, um, particularly, uh, sticks out to me as probably my favorite. And don't get me wrong, I love Escape from New York. Well, who doesn't? Um, and if you don't, you need to leave this podcast immediately. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Uh, no, no, we're better off without those type of people. It's- yeah. Well, I don't want to share a world with somebody who doesn't love Snake Bliskin. He's come up on this podcast multiple times, including with the idea that Snake Bliskin and Captain Ron are the same person in the same universe, uh, and that universe is the old guard universe, but they're the actually the exact same person. Uh, that not all Snake Bliskin sunk the Sarasota. Snake Bliskin did a lot of shit. Um, you know, like Snake Plissken. Saratoga. Not Saratoga, Saratoga, my bad. Whatever. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an S word. Yeah. So, first off, what did you, um, what were your impressions of the film? Now, this was your first time. What are you drinking? That's not milk. No, no. Uh, this is a half gallon of margarita from Route 66 Tacos here in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Fuck it. All right. Hey, when in 
3 a.m. is a ways away, buddy. All right. I can do chest day still drunk. Most days I wake up still drunk. I take, I slam some fucking Sicario pre-workout and I'm sober before I get to the gym. Problem solved. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and you know what? Um, if there's one thing that I've learned, uh, it's that if you use a shaker bottle, uh, no, yeah. um, if you're drinking liquor anything. out of a shaker bottle, no one knows you're drinking. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, officer. Just shake the hell out of it. It's my pre-workout, baby. I'm just super jacked right now. Woo. No, I'm, all right, sir. I'm have a good just day. going to the gym off this shit. <laughs> I'm going to get super strong. Uh, listen, officer, uh, officer, I do CrossFit. It's okay. I can, I just try to get to the CrossFit gym. I just, sir, you're in the middle of the uh, high school parking lot doing donuts. Uh, this isn't CrossFit? My bad. Doing double yeah. unders. Doing double unders. Yeah. I thought I was kipping. I was kipping. And I actually, I, I kind of missed like the first 10 to 15 minutes because I was super deep in meal prepping. But as soon as he found the sunglasses and he put them on for the first time, I was like, God damn it. I need to go buy a pair of Ray-Bans right now and go see what the world's all about. Well, those look like cheap gas station um, uh, sunglasses. So I think like anything, anything that you yeah, get for uh, 10 bucks will, sure. will help you see the... Uh, because here's the thing. If you're buying Ray-Bans, you're buying some shit they're selling you. You're very – you're consuming. You're not buying what you, what you need. You're buying what you desire. You're you're looking out for number one as a status symbol. God, but if no. you're walking in there saying, I'm going to buy some pugs or I'm going to buy some piranhas or whatever, you know, whatever your, your $10 or $15 gas station brand is. So basically you're just telling me that I'm just another fucking cog in the wheel. Thanks, Bill. Well, there's a reason that in the Matrix they don't wake you up uh, past a certain age because you wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah, I guess. But we're not talking about waking up in the Matrix. We're talking about putting on a pair of $10 uh, gas station glasses and seeing the aliens for what they really are. So what we're talking about is waking up and seeing what's on the other side. Just like uh, in the Matrix, you unplug and see what's on the other side. You're not wrong. And they were – man, so in this movie they talk – I got a little lost. They said like alternate universes and alternate worlds. So I wasn't sure which way they were going with that one. Did you catch no, that? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll okay. get, we'll, okay. we'll get to that. Cause there's a lot to unpack, uh, but we have to remember to get back to, to the alternate uh, worlds and alternate universe. There ties this right. into a lot of different mythologies, not just the idea of, of rampant consumerism and, and kind of the cults of personality and believing what you're told and being a, being a good citizen. Um, this is the 80s, way before smart technology was out there. But even then, what you're seeing is, in this film, drones flying over the city, watching everything you're doing, cameras everywhere. You can't see them. Uh, yeah. They're watching you. They're tracking yeah. everything you do. They've, they've got... They've got law enforcement working for them. They've yep. got they've got their own private military. They've got yep. they've got them. They've got human elites that do their bidding so that they can be their powerful bitches. Weird, wild, wild shit. Um, but yeah, so there. This ties, I think into a lot of different things um and i don't think that you and i have ever talked necessarily about the lizard people i mean not on air we've never talked about the lizard people so i think that a lot of the mythology in they live ties in very much to the mythology of of the lizard people 
Uh, you, well, and let's talk about what you just brought up with the alternate worlds and alternate um, different worlds, different universes. So there's a yeah. lot of different there's a lot of different mythologies for the lizard people. There's a lot of different metaphors for the lizard people. The one that I stick with is um, that uh, lizard people. The part of the mythology of lizard people is that they exist off of our misery. That's what gives them strength. Right, that's what gives them power the, to see us in fighting and warring with each other, uh, and our neighbors and our friends. Um, kind of like every wife ever. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Um, so what I'm go- what I'm saying in this is that when you talk about the lizard people, there are lizard people in your life. They may not necessarily be, be like reptilians, um, like literal reptilians, but they are suckers of joy from your life. They exist to suck joy and force misery upon you. Sometimes, every once in a while. Oh yeah, the succubus. Yeah. Basically, yeah, but but not not simply, but but not to put it on like all on on a you know like a woman who is evil, but in a very real way, like the if the lizard people live to suck the joy out of our lives. Maybe that is your succubus. Maybe that is your your evil first wife. Maybe that is your evil first husband or or first boyfriend. Maybe I'm the lizard person to you because I make you miserable. Um, and and well, first of all, you've never made me miserable, friend. So you can never be my lizard person. You're more of like my what did we call it the other day? My my cuddle lizard. We're talking about alligators. So um, so in the book Alien World Order. Which is which is another one of those. I wouldn't say it's a must read, but it's a must listen to. If you if you do any road work or treadmill work, it's a good thing to listen to while you're on a treadmill. Um, Running it down. Do I have to drive to Texas in two weeks? So, so if you're driving to Texas in two weeks, I would recommend Alien World Order and I would recommend um, Behold a Pale Horse, both of which are available on Audible. Alien World Order does a really good job of breaking down. Uh, different mythologies involving the lizard people, interdimensional aliens, uh, where you know different aliens come from, how it connects to uh, modern history, how it connects to entertainment uh, with film. Oh, well, the whole the pale horse touches on um, EBE, extraterrestrial biological entity, um, which for entertainment purposes turned into ET. Uh, so the story in Behold a Pale Horse, basically it states that um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and um, E.T. were based on actual events. Now, in Alien World Order, it goes into how uh, the Star Wars series uh, is also based on actual events uh, in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, but these are still us. Long, long ago. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> say when, uh, but in the galaxy far, far away, um, people who were just like us, who lived in environments just like us, were in an intergalactic war against evil. And yeah. uh, and so, you know, like Pat Militich said on, on the IG Live, <laughs> good wins. But uh, who defines what's good and what's not? Uh, but yeah, so ET. The winner, the victor, just finds what's good and what's not. Absolutely. Uh, if yeah. you, it doesn't matter what what righteous side you were on. If you lost, you were the bad. You're wrong. Yeah. Hence, why Nazis are bad. 
I mean, we all know that they're terrible human beings and horrible things were done, but they lost, so they're bad. <laughs> well, well, we can. Here's the here's the the thing is like if we, if we're winning, uh, yeah. I don't want to say that it wipes away like all of our flaws, but that's the shit that people remember. Um, you know, if if Tyson Fury like doesn't lose another match before he retires, um, like we're going to remember all of the good stuff and his rebound from the bad stuff. But if he yeah. goes ape shit and you know like flips his wig and goes back down the rabbit hole. Then it's then we talk about it's the continuous nature of, of Tyson Fury and that's who he was, but uh, people the, the get back is always better than the setback. I like that. That's a good statement. Yeah, um, but yeah. this this particular movie going back to to they live. Ah. <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of different themes in this film that oh, I think God, are, yeah. are worth talking about. What was the theme that kind of stuck out to you the most? Beware of consumerism and cable television. All of that shit, not just cable television, yeah. but even even opening opening up a magazine, opening up a newspaper. Yeah, well, that's okay, the consumerism propaganda, part. Yeah, propaganda. Yeah, shit, propaganda, propaganda, yeah. propaganda. Go here to eat. Some Buy shit. some. Yep, yep. Travel here. Go someplace to do some shit. Yeah, and I mean, isn't that what's going on in our world nowadays with our smartphones listening to everything we say? Every but time I open Facebook, it's like, hey, buy this. Amazon saw you like that. Hey, you talked about going to New Zealand with your wife. You talked about going to Pity Party Alaska to see Bill. Here's hotel rooms up there. It's all propaganda. And it's all right here. But here's where it gets crazy. So we pay... Let's say we pay imaginary number, a uh, hundred dollars, mm-hmm. right, for for our smartphone, right? So, um, so the networks have already been built; they all exist. The the cost to yeah. for us to make a phone call or to use uh, the internet, it, it it's I don't know that it's necessarily going up as far as what it costs them to make that happen. However, they're charging us a hundred dollars to take all of the, the shit we look at, all the shit we look up, and sell that data to interested parties. Um, yes. I feel like like we should get some of our money back. Like there's a value in knowing what each and every one of us are interested in, right? Because you and I could be into a lot of the same things except for maybe a baseball team or something like that, right? Yeah, um, go Braves. Our stuff, like, so our stuff is going to be catered to – like you've got a you've got a Braves hat on. It's gonna be you know like uh, Hank Aaron, Tom Glavin, David Justice stuff, and yeah. uh, you know my baseball team is gonna be some other douchebag. We'll say Houston. It's Houston. It's yeah. it's it's Houston, and and uh, and so I get like all my JJ Watts stuff. Different sport, yeah. I know, but like I uh, Nolan Ryan. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> ah, the greatest of all time. I loved him when he played for the Bulls. I mean, he did set the league record for the most home run kicks ever set in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's a, yeah. he's pretty talented. He's a he's a talented guy. Right? Even with all of those, you know, offside penalties, she was just amazing. <sighs> talented gal. 
<laughs> Anyways. Uh, so you're saying that because these people are clocking my information, I should be getting like a refund for it? I think you should like, I feel like if you use your phone to order stuff on, on it, right? Uh, that is being directly like marketed to you, right? It's direct marketing. This is the shit you're into. It should yeah. be like if you if you get a Discover card and they give you cash back on your purchases, it should be like that, especially if it's something that was directly marketed to you. Whether like whether or not they were right or they were wrong when they sent it to you, like like they knew when they sent me like they they did that pop up for like oh burrito blankets are a thing and get yourself a yeah. blanket that looks like a tortilla they knew who they were talking to hmm. um, guy who likes burrito yeah yeah and if i yeah. spent 20 dollars or whatever on that that blanket um you know maybe it's 50 cents maybe it's a dollar but if you're using my data to market stuff directly to me and you're being paid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like I should get I should get points back. Maybe it's for gas. Maybe when we get the chip in our hand, I can use it for my rent since I'll rent my house from the government. Ah, you mean when you get your COVID and your COVID vaccine? No, yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 I we can't. I don't know. If we can talk about that because it might get taken off the air. I don't know if you're familiar with James Corbett. Uh, the guy you're talking about ferrets and all the testing? No, no, that's Pat Militich. That's yeah. UFC Hall of Fame, yeah, yeah. Pat Militich. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that's what, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, no, so James Corbett is uh, uh, he he's an independent investigative journalist. He's a Canadian uh, that lives in Canada, or not lives in Canada, lives in Japan. Many Canadians live in Canada. He lives in Japan. Although for as long as he's lived in Japan, and I'm not sure how long he's lived in Japan. He might be a resident and or a citizen, in which case he's a Japanese man. But the last I checked, Ooh. he was Canadian. All right. So the Canadian-Japanese feller. The ca Canadian-Japanese feller. Anyway, yeah. he, uh, so he um, was recently deplatformed on YouTube um, <laughs> for doing a video that essentially said, I'll probably get deplatformed for this without actually saying it. Um, and it was about science, and it was about how the it was about the evolutionary nature of science, and how if you don't go with the mainstream science narrative, uh, you're you know you'll be shunned, you'll be outcasted. It doesn't matter what credentials you have if you're not. Yeah, they'll use their they'll use a big corporate backing to shut you down and make you look like a fool. Yeah, Nikola so, Tesla. Um, so if we we want to talk about. We're going to call him Dr. Fal Fal here so that I don't get, you know, taken off of YouTube. Doc Fal. Yeah, Dr. Fal Fal. Dr. Fa Doc Fal Fal. So Fal Fal at the very beginning of this said, you know, those coverings on your face, you shouldn't wear them. They're, they really do no good. And, and it came, it, it was said later that he said that so that they could protect the mask inventory that they have for medical workers. Okay. So it was, not a big enough deal to tell us the truth. Rather than saying, hey, don't buy, you don't need to get a mask. Uh, we're going to save the masks for people who are working on the front line, who are you know, doing this good work. Um, but you don't need a mask. Figure this out. If you want to wear a mask, make a mask. 
Masks are awesome. Ninjas are real cool. Super cool. Yeah. So rather than, than it being that, you know, like this is a this is what's going on and being honest with us, apparently it was okay under those circumstances to lie to us and tell us that masks weren't necessary. Now, Dr. Fal Fal has changed his position on many, many, many things over mm. the last year plus. Mm. But if you are someone who who says, well, this is what's gonna, this is what's gonna happen, or this is what's coming, or this is what's out there. Um, and you're using the best evidence at the time. Like there were folks a year and change ago saying, you know, no masks don't do anything. And I don't really have a stance on masks. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't care at this point. You either do or you don't. Um, but yeah. But foul fouls changed opinions. And, and a year and a half ago, when people were saying masks are stupid and here's why, and they would show you, they would show you physical evidence of why this, this sort of thing wouldn't work for them. Um, so, yeah. But now we're back to if you disagree with the mainstream narrative, then you are a threat to society. And one of the, the terms that um, one of the, the big thinking – the big thinking guys on the subject said was that um, changing the the narrative to um, to outside mainstream uh, medicine and outside outside science is essentially a national security issue. How is that a thing? <clears throat> you start asking yourself that, but but yeah. now imagine. You put medical or scientific information in the same realm that you put national security. Okay. Now think about okay. So if they if they think you are you are importing drugs into the United States of America, at this point they can say it's a national security issue, which means it's much. I'm sure it's much easier to get a warrant if you say it's a national security issue. Yeah. I mean, in national security, we can tap everything. We do whatever the hell we want. Exactly, hundred percent. So, yeah. um, so now your alter, your anti-masker group or your anti-vaccination moms group on Facebook <laughs> has now yeah. become a, a national security issue. I mean, those anti-vax moms—they're a whole lot of Karens not to be trusted. Um, listen, you should be trusting Karens anyway. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be trusting Karens. You shouldn't be trusting Carols, Paulas, um, Lindas, Lindas. No. Yeah. Basically, any anyone not to be trusted. Uh, you know, anyone. My statement, not yours. My statement, not yours. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of women in my day never trusted one of them. It's done me quite right so far. How's your wife? Fantastic. She doesn't talk to me. <laughs> uh, now, uh, they live. Yes. Back to this. Back, right. back to what got us together. Uh, <laughs> overall, would you recommend the movie? I would definitely recommend this movie. It was so. It comes from the late 80s, a time where even if it was bad acting, they weren't relying so heavily on CGI that it took away from the movie. I think the premises was great. It had some great foreshadowing for the future. 
uh, the like you said, the alley fight scene was one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen in my life. Although the the black guy in the movie, when I see him and hear him talking, all I can think about is, oh my god, my brain just brain dumped the movie. The movie with Marlon Wayans where they're heroin dealers. Uh, Requiem for a Dream. All I can think about is him in Requiem for a Dream whenever I see him in anything. So that kind of takes away from it. So he, okay. Uh, he's been a lot of things in a lot of different films. Yes. Uh, he was also in Range 15. Yes, he was. Um, so I, I think that that is something that should be pointed out. And so is Danny Trejo, if I'm not mistaken. I think Trejo did have a cameo in Range 15. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So did Marcus Luttrell, noted actor and thespian. <laughs> I mean, one of the greats, honestly. Um, which is <laughs> another- Look at Frogman up! Woo! <laughs> uh, grab your kid, drop your dicks and grab your kids! Woo! <laughs> yeah. Seems like something every Navy SEAL would say to anybody else in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Sure. As you should... And, and Rocco meeting a nice zombie lady. I mean, who's who doesn't want to have a nice zombie lady at home waiting for them at the end of the night? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it's what it comes down to. She's she's she seemed like a like a lovely zombie lady, like they could raise a nice zombie family. Right. I'm sure that she's a great stay-at-home zombie wife. She's always got supper on the table, you know, some human flesh and some poached eggs. It's what more do you want? It, it came from a well-marbled human, Marv. <laughs> I got a really athletic uh, running guy, and I got this little fat chick on the grill, so we're good. I know. I think that the, the, the running guy would not be so great. Well, I mean, I some mean, people want like, that, like the lean stringy. meat and all that. and Yeah. I had possum. It was pretty stringy. The political elements of the film are derived from Carpenter's growing distaste with the ever increasing commercialization of the 1980s pop culture and politics, particularly Mm. the influence of Reaganomics, the economic policies promoted by U.S. President Ronald Reagan. He remarked The picture's premise is that the Reagan revolution is run by aliens from another galaxy, free enterprisers from outer space have taken over the world and are exploiting the earth as its third world planet. As soon as they exhaust all of our resources, they'll move on to another world. I began watching TV again. I quickly realized that everything we see is designed to sell us something. It's all about wanting us to buy something. The only thing they want is to take our money. To this end, Carpenter thought of sunglasses as being the tool to seeing the truth, which is seen in black and white. It's as if the aliens have colorized us. That means, of course, that Ted Turner, founder of CNN, (laughs) is really a monster from outer space. Yeah, because he's colorized everything. The director commented on the alien threat in an interview. They want to own all of our businesses. A universal executive asked me, where's the threat in that? 
we sell out every day. I ended up using that line in the film. Yeah. The aliens were deliberately made to look like ghouls, according to Carpenter, who the, uh, who the creatures are corrupting us. So they themselves are corruptions of human beings. Yeah. Uh, the film is about yuppies <sighs> and unrestrained capitalism. I mean, uh, yeah, I can see it. I mean, so you're talking about Ted Turner. I mean, he, the first time I saw Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, right, it comes on, and it was in color. And my mother, who was born in, like, the 1940s, was disgusted that Ted Turner had put Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds in color. She's like, oh, my gosh, here's another mogul just trying to make money off something so pure and beautiful as The Birds. Wasn't The Birds a horror movie? It was. Okay. Yeah, I mean, The Birds take over the world. They, they turn all against man and kill us all, which how a fucking hollow-boned creature is going to beat me, I don't know. I've beat off a lot of dudes. I'm pretty sure I can beat off a lot of birds. Just saying. So... <laughs> So, um, what do you think about that in relation to the current times we're living in? Now we're talking about oh, man. Uh, monster corporate taxes. Part of the new Biden tax plan is this monster corporate tax plan to pay for a lot of social services. Um, what are your thoughts on everything from that to uh, Lamborghinis. Uh, everybody's on, on Instagram with a Lamborghini. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, um, this, this fucking social social media is just, it's it's completely changed the way the world was. You see, what is it, like the Oscars from 1995? All the actors are hanging out together, bullshitting, having a good time, not worrying about anything. Nowadays, they're all on their fucking smartphones doing whatever they're doing. The, the human interaction is gone. And while you're on your smartphone, it's selling all of your information to these big multi-million dollar corporations, Amazon, Google, Facebook, what have you, to sell you more products. And while you're on Facebook, giving all of your information out there to the fucking world, they're taking it and they're feeding you whatever propaganda they want to be feeding you. And it's political. I mean, almost somewhat, I, I seldom get on Facebook anymore because everything I see on Facebook leads back to politics in some way, shape, form, or another. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and I find yeah. myself um, in the same way kind of getting drawn into this, the very same bullshit. I find myself, you know, like I'll find myself getting political about some shit I really don't care about because the only things that, that really matter to me are the things that matter to me. They're the people. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. You know, like I can I can I talk to my friends and can I feed my family? That's and Joe Biden has jack shit to do with any of that. Yeah, I mean, is he even president right now? I'm not even sure. It's uh, as of the recording of this, I haven't gotten an update on my phone. Um, but no, I mean, do you think the movie holds up, and do you think it's still applicable today? Oh my God! It maybe more so now than when it was written. I agree. Because when it was when it was written, they didn't have smartphones. 
the world was a much bigger place and, you know, a bigger place than we didn't have the communications in 88 that we have now. But they did. They had, they had their fucking smartwatches. Oh, the, shit. The, yeah. The aliens had it. The aliens had it. Yeah. The aliens, or the, the aliens had the drones flying around the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now here we are. Amazon's got drones to deliver shit. We all, I got a smartwatch right here. Tracks everything I do. So we're... The government knows how many steps I take a day. <laughs> steps. By the way, this counts as steps, in case you're wondering. I'm swimming. Yeah. No, I, I mean, so, so I, don't wear, uh, I don't wear a smartwatch. Uh, most Smart. Of, I'm too dumb to use it. But um, if I already have a phone uh, with, a, with a clock on it, then I don't need a second thing. Um, yeah. You know, if it's a matter of convenience, I've got my, ear, uh, my earbuds, and, uh, and I got a lab. So, like, I got earbuds, yeah. too. Um, Airbud, the movie? Yes. Great movie. Yeah, great documentary. So, oh god, um, this that film, poor fucking dog. The, the great thing about these films is they kind of predict. They do a good job of predicting the future uh, because I think and, that if you over over a long enough period of time, just about any science fiction film will have a bit of truth to it. Whether yes, it's uh, a Capricorn One and fake moon landings, yeah. or uh, whether it's they live in drones. Or whether it's uh, films like uh, like Gattaca. Escape from New York. Escape <laughs> from New York. Um, when is that? When is New York and LA going to collapse? So I mean, I'm just saying the 1980s. The 1980s look at the future is disturbingly close to a future I can see us going to. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What the fuck did they know 30 years ago that we don't know now? <laughs> So if you have a mass exodus of place, uh, from places like New York and mm-hmm. Los Angeles, a lot of people mm-hmm. from Los Angeles are moving to Texas. In fact, Texas oh, yeah. – like California lost a congressman, and Texas yeah, – Texas gained one. Same thing yeah. with Florida, and I, and I believe New York is also a state that lost a representative. I could be wrong, but yeah. – we're um, we're seeing the mass exodus now. People are going away, um, and when you have that, it's not just like businessmen that are leaving. It's not just you know bankers who can work from home. Yeah. A lot of it's, it's not just the ghoul aliens. Yeah. It's not just the ghoul aliens. Um, yeah. It's it's the cops. It's you know it's your teachers. It's your everyday yeah. folk that uh, are the infrastructure for a city. Fire yeah, but the problem is the places they're moving to aren't building more infrastructure. They're just building houses. Nobody's worried about infrastructure anymore. But I said at the very beginning of all of this, I said back in March of last year on, on a yeah. local radio show um, that I thought all of this would lead to a rebuilt infrastructure. And part of Biden's plan is to rebuild the, the infrastructure. If, if we're taking yeah. one, if we're, are we talking about a real fucking infrastructure, or are we talking about government-run fucking subsidiaries where we're all just standing in line, goose-stepping like motherfuckers? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think most of us can agree that most of our cities and most of our highways could use some repaving. All right. Um, yeah. I don't know but about the potholes where you live. But I can tell you the potholes in Soldatna, Alaska, tend to be a motherfucker. 
Well, I'm pretty sure you could lose a moose in a fucking pothole in Sodotna, Alaska. You could lose a rim. You could lose all kinds. Of, you could lose an entire yeah. fucking tire. In, in yeah. The, I almost lost my car in a puddle in Sodotna, that sounds, Alaska. That sounds like an Alaska problem, brother. You, Get Alaska out there with some problem. sand and some fucking concrete and fix it yourself. But hear me out. Like you have, and, and, and you live in, in the area of St. Roberts, Missouri. I'm yeah. sure some of those roads could use some work as well. I'm oh, sure you- they're all great, actually. Actually, I do remember them pretty, pretty good. They're pretty, they're pretty fucking good roads here. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you Georgia. The roads in Georgia are complete shit. I'll give you that. But the back roads in Missouri are fun to drive. Okay. So, oh my god, yes. Uh, but but yeah, throughout the yeah. states, throughout the states, yes. cities and streets and highways could could use a repaving. Okay. Uh, okay. Just about any city you go to, you're going to see a ton of potholes. You can hire people to fix that shit. Yeah. And and they'll do it. They'll do it in the middle of summer uh, if you pay them some decent money. Um, you know, there you can get the work that needs to be done done. And if there really is a plan to rebuild the infrastructure of the United States of America, then I think that this would be a good start. But there's an extreme likelihood that it exists to make a small amount of people very, very rich. Yes, and to give the government more control over our day-to-day lives. Big government's not supposed to be controlling as much as big government controls, baby. No, no, I agree. I agree. I think that when you you talk about government control and government overreach, you see it all over the place. Now, just this week, just a few days ago, about an hour and a half from here in Homer, Alaska, the owners of a bed and breakfast had their house raided by the FBI. They had their house Wait, so, oh, by the by the who? By the FBI. Ah, okay. Yeah. So the FBI and uh, I'm assuming state troopers, a couple, maybe a couple of federal agents. Yeah. Um, other than the Some of them SWAT boys, yeah, yeah. They showed up to get Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Now, Lance, Nancy Pelosi's laptop was not in Homer, Alaska. Okay. They got the they got the way wrong person. So maybe the agencies aren't as good at tracking us as they think they are. You were you were part of the federal government. You worked for the Air Force. We're nowhere near as good as we claim to be, buddy. That's that's true. But the, the lady yeah. that we're looking for is definitely not the lady whose house they went to. But you thought they, you'd think they'd have metadata that they could track. Like if this lady had her phone or if With, she plugged uh, in Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Um, yeah. So, my, I mean, one of my questions is what the fuck is on there? Hmm. Epstein. The footage of Epstein not killing himself. Yes, probably. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're probably looking at the, the bank accounts that she has connected to the interdimensional um, uh, rotting fleshloids from whatever planet they live or from. Ah, you're talking about the payments she gets from Sasquatch to be able to be an interdimensional traveler without getting too much heat. Yes. Yeah. Sasquatch, I'm, I'm, I'm certain Sasquatch is just sitting on a fucking mountain of gold somewhere, so... Laughing at us. Yeah, as he comes and goes and pays Nancy Pelosi every time he comes and goes to our realm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He's like I mean, it makes sense. Well, what if he's what if he's like the like the outward bound 
uh, granola version of like the aliens that are you know like going to the well-groomed aliens of our city. He's the granola version of them. Yeah, he's like I, I live. I like I like going to Earth's woods, man. I don't I don't like people. I just kind of. So I think woods. so. You're saying is, like Sasquatch lives in a world of gold where lumber is not a. It's a lumber is a. Yep, an extra. So he comes here, picks up a handful of sticks, and drops Nancy Pelosi like 17 gold bars and says, I'm taking these sticks back with me and takes the lumber back. Yeah, so like he grows – like yeah. well, gold grows on his planet. So it's like yeah. Yeah, him. Like why do I want to hang out with this gold? It's a conductor. It does weird stuff. Yeah, no, it's always he goes, here. He goes to our realm. He's like he's, he's – like, I love fishing. <laughs> I love picking fruits. <laughs> Do you know how much a trout goes for on my planet? Oh, I'm basically a, but I, I love, I, but I love it too. Like I sell it, but I love it. I'm like, it's my favorite. Yeah, but I think I see Sasquatch. He's like, he's not doing it to be a good person, a man of the people. Sasquatch comes here, steals one trout, and he doesn't take it back and give it to the people. Sasquatch takes this trout and goes straight to the Sasquatch warehouse. He's like, what's up, ladies? I got a trout. And then he spends the night with like four Sasquatch ladies, just doing what he wants. What do you think their grooming situation is? I'm sure. I'm sure that the Sasquatch that comes here and takes a trout back to his home world has no ticks anywhere in his mane. I don't know, but like, he's got he's got four ladies Sasquatches acting like Hoover vats going so, across his flesh. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like we've never seen his like his cock and balls. Like he's never been. It's never, you know, it's always... He's not worried about getting that thing wet. He's he's worried about ticks. He walks around in the woods all day. He doesn't care if his little bojangles get wet. He just wants a woman combing his flesh with her teeth, sucking ticks off his body. I mean, come to think of it, I would pay good money for that. You get four women using their mouths to explore my body looking for ticks, I'd give them five bucks a piece. Yeah, but if you got a trout, that's worth way more than five bucks in this <laughs> Um What if, yo, so like, what if the, what if the predator, what if the, the mythology of the predators is the same oh as the mythology God. as the poor Chatham Harry man? What if they come, you know, like, what if it's the same thing? So predator is not really here to hunt us for trophies. What are they hunting us for? No, no, predators, like, so Sasquatch. So Sasquatch is predator. Yes, that's basically what I'm saying. He doesn't need lasers because he's just going to rip our arms off. Yeah, you're not wrong. And beat us to death with him. All right, Chewbacca. Oh my God! What if? So that's fuck, like, what if Predator is what if Predator is Sasquatch? God, my brain's not ready for this, Bill. No, like, I'm having meltdown on camera right now. Give me a second. Okay, so anyone watching? If Predator is Sasquatch and Sasquatch is Predator. Very good. All right. And yeah. He's Predator. I don't know. <laughs> so oh man so you're telling me that sasquatch doesn't just come so sasquatch comes here to collect our lumber but then he goes to other dimensions to hunt other creatures for whatever personal gains no he comes here yeah but he comes here but other places as well i'm sure i'm sure he does i'm sure this i'm sure because he's a Sasquatch is a talented interdimensional hunter. He's part of, yeah. part of like the Sahara Club of, of like whatever fucking planet Sasquatch is from. So he's out there in cargo shorts? 
He's out there. He's yeah. He's got a, like a big hunting rifle. He's hunting. No, no, like, no, no, whatever. Whatever the Zalphon 3 version is of a giraffe, he's out there hunting that with, like, his Sasquatch version of, like, a hunting rifle. So, to the best of my knowledge, there's no incidents of Sasquatch attacking or killing human beings. Okay. To the best of my knowledge. My knowledge. Okay. So, I will tell you about the Port Chatham Hairy Man. And Portlock. Okay. Now, this is Alaska mythology. This is all stuff you can you can Google and let me know where I'm wrong. But there are two towns, Port Chatham. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to, but someone at yeah. home will, and God bless for it. Yeah. Uh, the Port Chatham Hairy Man, Portlock, uh, is um, is a Sasquatch type character that lives in the woods, and he is the reason these two towns were abandoned. Now, the Port Chatham Hairy Man, and there's some really good information about it. I'm going to pull it up real quick, but. Um, in these, uh, these two, um, um, towns, Port Chatham and, and Port Lock, over the years, a lot of, a lot of, um, different things have happened up to, um, and including these two towns essentially, um, being evacuated. Port Chatham and Port Lock were both evacuated, uh, almost overnight because of, um, because of Bigfoot. Let me find a... a yeah, but why, why because of Bigfoot? What's up? Was he being over... Why because of Bigfoot? Was he being overly aggressive? Was he killing people? Yeah, okay, so... I'm, I'm making a connection here between Bigfoot and Predators, so I'm trying to get there. Never told anybody about the experience for several years until about 1979 when I happened to be reading an old Alaska sportsman magazine published in 1935. In the letters to the editor, a woman wrote that she recently found a letter written by some distant relative of hers who was a school teacher at the cannery in Port Lock Bay, a rugged fjord adjacent to Dogfish Bay. The year was 1905. She quoted from the letter... It was said that the cannery employed a small group of Aleuts from a small village in Port Lock Bay during salmon season. Their camp was about a mile from the cannery buildings. One day, all the Aleuts moved out of the village and paddled their uh, Bidarkas back to Port Ram. The letter said the Aleuts claimed that a hairy man was bothering and frightening them to the point they had to leave. I have since done some research into the subject and found written histories of natives from Seldovia to Port Graham being frightened and bothered by something. They even have a name for it. It doesn't translate to English well. Uh, most of these accounts take place uh, during the first half of the 1900s and are native-related, but not all. I talked to one white guy in 1968 who got oh, the paper uh, scared out of him while coming down in Alder-choked uh, gully while on a goat hunt in Port Lock. Most of these accounts precede the Bigfoot hype that began to appear in the 60s and 70s in the Northwest. So um, it's part of a story where uh, a guy was was out hunting in the area. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. All right. From... This kind of gives this this kind of gives traction to the whole Sasquatch is predator because predators are nothing they're they're big game hunters right. So this is from uh, from a WordPress page right. 
In two closely adjacent communities in rural Alaska, Port Lock and Port Chatham, there was no gradual pullout of the local residents because uh, some very- I don't believe in a gradual pullout either, so. The entire population (laughs) hastily exited their town and virtually overnight, the two uh, two communities uh, became ghost towns. Why? Both being remote ports for fishing and canning, being run by Eskimo and Russian descendants, the local business was so good and attracted so many people that the area was even assigned a U.S. post office. It seemed impossible that a sudden withdrawal of the townspeople could happen, but it did. From the turn of the century in 1900 through the World War II years, a strange succession of disappearances, horrific murders, and sightings eventually haunted the people of Port Chatham and Port Locke that eventually intimidated the people into a complete voluntary evacuation, leaving equipment, housing, offices, and personal belongings to rot in the elements because something terrible had gone on along the way. It all began from its very start. Um, And they go on to talk about fishermen going missing, uh, they talk mm-hmm. about very large footprints as, as long as 18 inches in length. Um, That's what she said. So there's a lot of uh, – there's a whole – uh, it worked. It worked. I, just, I, think, I, think, I think that if Sasquatch is the predator, I don't see – like I'm saying, so he's – predators are big game hunters. They're out there for the biggest, baddest thing they can kill. Yeah. We are definitely not on that food chain of – so look at the multiverse, right? There's got to be God knows what out there, you know? Yeah. So that takes me back to Sasquatch is coming here not to hunt humans but to collect natural resources that Earth has that other parallel, parallel universes won't. So that way he can fund his big game expeditions to other worlds. And so what? You go out in the woods, every now and then you come across a snake. We're a snake to a Sasquatch. What do you do to a snake? You shoot it in the face. Sasquatch kills us. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think they're here to hunt us, but man, I think Sasquatch is just a fucking big game hunter coming to the Earth realm to collect resources to sell to go hunt bigger, badder motherfuckers out there. He's the Marco Polo of international trade through interdimensional (laughs) movement. No, I get it. It makes sense to me. I'm not saying that doesn't make sense to me. That makes perfect sense to me. Because, I mean, even in, even, you know, in They Live, the aliens were here harvesting our resources. They never said what those resources were. They just said they were harvesting them. So... I think whereas in They Live, the aliens were like, you know, the fishermen who just overfish the, the oceans. I think Sasquatch has it figured out to come here in small numbers. Maybe it's like the elite few. Maybe it's like the royalty of Sasquatch comes here, gets a few resources, makes a minimal footprint, and then goes back with those resources to fund their expeditions to other more hostile worlds to collect their trophies. Yeah. <laughs> so, so does that well so the guys that are in the city right like the evil yeah. melting face people right? yeah the chinese over overfishing our oceans i i wouldn't even say that like like in like really so so think about this man they are they're slumlords 
Oh my god! Like, yes, they are. They're like they're like re- dudes that retired and moved to the Philippines. Like dudes that yes. retired from the U.S. military and moved yep. to the Philippines because Philippines. Of or or wherever their dollar is going to yep. go, as far as it's going to go, right? Okay. That's where they're going to live. And right now they're like, yeah, I could go to Earth. I could live like a king on yeah. Earth, like it, it, you know, and and fuck it, we'll just roll with it and see what happens. Um, but we, we can go there. We can drive like their nicest shit. We can drive yeah. like we can drive their nicest Mercedes and Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Now, granted, like it's not the Tesla's cool, but it's not as cool as our flying whatever whatever they they've got that's flying. But it's you know it's cool it's whatever you can still better than traveling by air you can still go through this interdimensional portal to take yourself to whatever cool beach you want to go to. But um, but Sasquatch is the granola eating motherfucker of that the yeah. one that likes climbing in mountains and and eating berries and fucking who likes salmon. But yeah, um, and maybe he is this big international uh, space hunter. Right? Maybe he is that sort yeah. of thing. Um, he just wants to live out in the woods. He's like those of us that decide they don't want to live in the city. Yeah. Like you and I. He's just hanging out, eating berries, eating trout and salmon and climbing mountains and fucking up people because they're fucking up his hunting area. So the plan is in July, and, and it hopefully it happens – I am heading out to Port Chatham, Port Chatham, uh, with some friends, not necessarily to hunt the Sasquatch, but if he kills me, yeah. the goal is that it's at least caught on video. Oh, if if he kills you, then I have to avenge you, and that's a that's a lifelong commitment, my man. I'm not listen. I'm down for a lot of things, but. Figuring out interdimensional travel is not on my list of things to do, so please don't get killed by Sasquatch. Okay, so uh, was it... I would hate to go to the Sasquatch homeworld and fuck everything up. I don't know that it would necessarily I... get that far. Um, so If he kills you, it will. Okay, so the man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. Are you I... familiar with the movie? I've heard of it, but I have yet to watch it. Okay, so it's it's... There is potential there. There's real potential for um, for for uh, Bigfoot to uh, to get killed in all of this. All right. If, I mean, it's it's not like it hasn't been done before in film, uh, because the guy that killed Hitler also killed Bigfoot. Thank you, Sam Neill. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, if, if July wasn't slam packed for me, I would come up there and try to help you find Bigfoot, so that way we could check in for ticks together. <laughs> So my son's nickname is Yeti. I I need you to know that I appreciate uh, the irony in being killed by the hairy man uh, and the uh, the video of my death being used to benefit somebody named Yeti. I mean, what's the chance of you actually catching that on video, though? Are you going to have, like, a drone following you around? Are you going to be part of They Live, having a drone just following you everywhere you go to see what you're doing? Part of, that is kind of, part of that is kind of the plan. So the there was a documentary that was done a few years ago yeah. uh, called In Search of the Hairy Man or Search for the Hairy Man. It's on, it's on Prime right now. Um, and there was a guy by the name of Larry Baxter who recently wrote a book called Abandoned. Uh, and he was part of this documentary. And I, I recommend watching it. 
Um, so I, but I watched the documentary. In Search of Harry Man. Search of the Harry Man. Um, and um, anyway, so the like I watched it. I decided I wanted to, you know, kind of make a documentary, uh, make a film of my expedition out there with my friends. And yeah. so, what were some of the things that I would have liked to have seen in the film in that particular documentary that I didn't see? Um, yeah. You know, and so, so that's kind of what we're doing with this is we are putting together the documentary that, that we want to see. And so what you're saying is I should watch in search of Harry man. And then I can tell you what I would like to see. And you can tell me what you would like to see and what your plans are. That's different. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, but definitely, definitely more use of drones, definitely, uh, more use of, of, um, night vision resources when was in search of harry man filmed 2018 i believe okay so drones and night vision was a very open thing to the market then yes uh and i I, mean look how far we've come in three years i'm just saying so i've invited uh larry baxter uh beans baxter the author of abandoned to come on to the podcast he declined Mm, that'll Uh, happen that that will happen i'm sure he listened to it it's like i want jack shit to do with that shit he, has he listened to anything I've been on? Have he, has he listened to any of my episodes? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he's a big fan of Enter the Scottyverse. Uh, well, about that. <laughs> I did three episodes with him, but I never aired them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, apparently, uh, yeah, like there's a there's a whole Sasquatch media. I had no idea there were so many Sasquatch podcasts. There's a lot of Sasquatch yeah. podcasts. Um, I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look into the. Oh, we put on sunglasses on. You seen if I'm one of them? You seen if? Do I look like a ghoul? Do I look like a ghoul? Or do I look like a fool, motherfucker? Don't start this bullshit with me. You look like Scotty. If Katy Perry had a mullet, that's what you would look like right now, my friend. What are these big ass bug sunglasses you're wearing? What is I like this? Them. I like them. Oh my god, you're making my soul hurt. We are. As much as, we are. Yeah, as much as I hate to admit it, I mean, it's... Death Becomes Us? That was a great movie also. Or Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Meryl Her. Street. Yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. Yep. Fantastic movie. And Bruce Willis. The wife of Snake Plissken. A nerdy-ass Bruce Willis in Death Becomes Her. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which I believe is also on a streaming service. Okay, one last thing before we tap out of here. Would you recommend yeah. They Live? If yes, if nothing, but for the, I don't want to ruin it, but the I sent you a video on Instagram, the final closing scene of the movie and the last line of the movie makes the entire thing worth it to me. So, okay, I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to assume that, that if you're listening to this, you, you've watched the film and you have your own opinions. So, yeah. We know she was a sex worker. Yes. Okay. So what does that mean for for them if they are the 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 wealthy the, the aristocracy of this universe and this chick is coming to earth to be um a sex worker. No, she was not a sex worker. The alien was not a sex worker. The man was. The man paying for the Earthling. 
the lower class species. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to Amsterdam. <laughs> I'm just saying. When in Rome, you know, you send me to the send me to Asia for a week. Who knows what I'm going to come back with? Or without. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't need my ears. That's a how, thing, right? How did you lose your kidney and your dick? Well, it's a long story, but his name was Russell. <laughs> no, I think I think you know if I had the ability to interdimensional travel and I went to some third world planet and there was a female sex worker there, I'd be like, you know what? Here's my two bits. I don't know how much two bits is worth, but here's my two bits. I'm having sex with a alien chick. I would, I would pay that money happily to be able to go home and be like, yo, Bill, guess what I did this weekend? I smashed an earth leg. I'd do it. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, you're a tourist, like when... Yeah, exactly. When in Rome. When in Rome, yeah. Bash Earthlings. I'm just saying. What do you think 80s 80s aliens used to get high? The same thing anybody used to get high, cocaine. Have you not watched the movie Blow? No, I've seen... Pablo Pablo Escobar was probably one of the ghouls from They Live. Oh, shit. That motherfucker was supplying everybody across multiple universes. Man, I have a hard time believing that the best natural stimulant in the universe comes from Earth. I'm, I'll bet you, again, Zolfon 3, Kepler 22, I bet you they've got some shit growing on there that'll keep you up for a measurement of time that doesn't exist on this planet because it's so long. I'm sure, but they're used to it. That's old hat there. That's old hat. I mean, everybody here is used to cocaine. Everybody here is used to heroin, weed, smack, fucking acid, whatever you want. If some dude showed up and was like, yo, bro, I got this shit from, you know, Soldadna 88, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to take this. So you grab some cocaine from Earth, too, and go back to your home world, and you're like, yo, baby, I got this thing called cocaine. Do fat rails off each other? That's a whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. It's no one to tell us no. It's the interdimensional Jeffrey. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Ah, the friendly bloke from down the street. Yeah, Jeffrey. It's going to pet the fuzzy wall. Listen, point is, I mean, no matter what world you're from, if somebody shows up from a different world, different universe, and says, yo, I got their best drug with me. You're going to do it. I've, I've got that interdimensional cocaine. Yeah. This shit's from Earth 2. Pablo Escobar's private stash. Yeah, I'm going to do that. It's, this is DMT X5. Yeah. You're not going to say no to that. No, it's like Tyson with the toad venom. Yeah. I mean, God, who knows what other drugs are in interdimensional universes. If I find out, I'll do them all. Problem solved. I mean, there's only one way to find out that they don't work in the human system. Exactly. If, if, if you go hunting for Sasquatch and I'm there and you get lost and Sasquatch shows up, it's like, yo, bro, smoke this. I'm going to smoke whatever Sasquatch hands me. Yeah, it's, it's Sasquatch. You're going to say no? That's yeah. like hanging out with Be Real from Cypress Hill. Whatever he passes, exactly. you it. It's going to be great. 
Or like you said, it's not going to affect me. I'm like, yeah, this is some weak shit. Ah! He's like, bro, you hit that five days ago. I'm like, oh, fuck. And what if it turns out that they're, the, the best interdimensional drug doesn't have any effect on us, right? Mm-hmm. We're just, like, we could just, like, go through, you know, like, mountains of it, like Tony at the end of Scarface, right? And we're like, they're like, wow, the earthlings just have this crazy tolerance. Yeah, tolerance, yeah, yeah. We, should, we need to stay away from their pot. That seems like that might be, that might kill and us. Then we give them a Coca, then we give them a Coca-Cola, and then they discover diabetes. Oh, shit. What if it turns out, like... Like one of the twenty-three ingredients in Dr. Pepper is uh, like a rare, like, like a carcinogenic. <laughs> well, well, it, it just it, it incinerates them. It's like it's like it would... how did the entire Yeti population die? Well, we showed them the twenty-three of Dr. Pepper, and that, that was the end of it. It's... It, it turns out Dr. Pepper, while delicious on Earth, poisoned <laughs> up here. <laughs> The white man ruins everything. Well, okay, so you, you let's talk about the person. Fast food now in places where they never had fast food. Mm-hmm. All right, and and look at the look at the, um, uh, the health problems that you're seeing there. You're looking at like spikes in obesity and diabetes in places like Kuwait in, in the Middle East yeah. where they didn't have this like processed garbage until we showed up. Until we showed up. Like yeah, thanks. Thanks for all the oil. Here's the fucking greatest. Here's the Big Mac. Yeah. Here's some poison. Um, here's some some deep fried chicken sandwiches. By the way, I had one of the spicy McChickens this week with cheese. Not terrible. Iron Asylum located at 35165 KB Drive behind Save You More. I was there today. Well, I say today. It's like 5 o'clock in the morning. I'll probably be there at some point today. I was there yesterday. I took Young Hickson. He took a gigantic dump on, uh, well, in his pants. He, he wasn't like on me. He was wearing his, he was wearing a, he was wearing pants and he was wearing a diaper and it was an explosive diaper and Anyway, um, yeah, so that happened. That's actually been happening a lot there lately. I didn't, I didn't know so much that that was a regular uh, occurring thing, but it's a regular occurring thing. Apparently, my time to go to the gym is his regular bathroom time, so I've got to do a much better job of figuring out exactly when it is that he is taking that crap. Because, you know, like, I want him to have a good, clean, healthy gut. I, I don't, I certainly don't want him, like, sitting around in it. But and you know what? Like I'm his dad. I should I should do more regular, more regular checks uh, with with that young man. Anyway, that's not your business and that's not your problem. Iron Asylum is open 24 hours a day, and uh, so I recommend that you go there. You pick a, you pick an hour to 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 do you. 
All right, get some kettlebells in. It's getting nice outside, so you can take some of that equipment outside, like the kettlebells. I like to take the kettlebells outside and uh, swing those guys around. Um, but that's that's what I'm recommending because it's getting warmer. You might as well go outside and get some good vitamin D. You could have done that in the winter, and apparently that's good for you. Next up, Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the growers of fine cannabis, the brewmeisters of Hashade. They also make canna caps, honey sticks, and peanut butter. As a retail operation, they also carry flour from your favorite cultivators and concentrate extractors. But I would like to talk a little bit about their cartridges. They have three different tiers, which means three different price points. And and actually, because it's half gram and gram, then it's, I guess they, they've got six tiers-ish. Half gram, full gram, silver, gold, platinum. Now, I had the Hawaiian Haze last week, and I enjoyed it. It was very, very delicious. It tasted good, it looked good, it was good. All right, fine folks. Get out to Red Run Cannabis Company located on the Kenai Spur Highway. That is if you are in the Kenai Peninsula. Now, if you are not on the Kenai Peninsula and you do not have the opportunity to go to the Nike town of Red Run Products, talk to your local dispensary owner and find out how they can get some of those fine Red Run products in their super duper badass store. All right, last up, no gi jiu-jitsu, 7 p.m. at All-American Training Center. It goes on Monday through Thursday. Last week, we had Coach George and Coach May. Now, if you are not familiar with Coach May, she was on the podcast last year, uh, maybe actually longer than that. It was longer than that, and we did our review of They Live. May's a super awesome person, and she was a world's Masters Jiu-Jitsu champion, and so that makes her really, really cool. I mean, it's because she's accomplished cool stuff. All right, folks. Yeah, get out there. Have fun. Do stuff. Do stuff. If, if you live in Alaska, you're getting a lot of hours right now. If you live anywhere else, congratulations. You probably have more access to, uh, to convenience. And sometimes... A lot of convenience can be a little bit inconvenient. All right, here's your cannabis warning. Have a good one. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding.